Welcome to the Beeson Podcast, coming to you from Beeson Divinity School on the campus of Samford University. Now your host, Doug Sweeney. Welcome to the Beeson Podcast. I'm your host, Doug Sweeney. Today, we'll be talking with two of our favorite alumni, Dr. Wayne and Mary Splon, who serve the Lord together here in Birmingham. Wayne is senior pastor, and Mary is minister of connections at the Mountain Brook Baptist Church, a short drive from Beeson. We proudly claim them as graduates of the Beeson class of 2007, and we're looking forward to hearing about what it's like for them to do ministry together. Wayne and Mary, welcome to the program. Dr. Swain, thank you for having us. Yes, thanks for letting us be here. Some of our listeners will remember you from uh, your time together at Beeson, from ministry together in town, but for those who don't already know you, would you introduce yourselves a little bit? How did you come to know the Lord? How'd you get involved in ministry? How'd you get to know each other? And uh, maybe, Mary, we can start with you. Okay. I'm from a small town, Calpin, South Carolina. And I came to faith in the Lord. I think I was six years old. My parents are believers and they, they raised me in the church and they taught me to love the Lord and depend upon Him and to give and to serve. And one summer during vacation Bible school, I was learning a lot about the Lord. And I came home and talked with my mom one afternoon or one evening about the Lord. And she led me through several scriptures and I gave my heart to the Lord then, and I can remember being so excited that I had to call everybody in my family and let them know the news that the Lord had saved me. So that's my coming to faith. And as far as being in ministry, I have several different moments in time that are significant, I think, along the journey. One was when I was in the fourth grade, I went to a camp in the summer called Camp La Vida for um, it was for missions, and there was a journeyman missionary there, and she told us about her service. And one evening in the bunks of the camp, I felt the Lord calling me to do the very same thing, to be a journeyman missionary. And so I told my counselor, and then when I got home, I told my parents, and they encouraged me along the way. And so after I graduated from college, I then went to be a journeyman missionary in Mexico City. And at the end of my time in Mexico City, I was kind of contemplating what is my next step. And I went on a prayer retreat with several other women and felt the Lord prompting me to go to seminary. And so I'll let Wayne tell that story a little bit, but we came to Beeson Divinity School after I got back and he got back from another um, mission service. All right, how about you, Wayne? And then we'll see if we need to make a connection after yeah. we hear about your story. My story is very similar to Mary's. I'm from a very small town in upstate South Carolina called Chesney. It's about 15 minutes from Calpins, where Mary's from. I uh, grew up in a, a loving and supportive family, a Christian home. Um, attended uh, a little small church there called Airwood Baptist Church. And I was there um, all the time growing up. And I really think those people there loved me to the Lord and raised me and helped me know through RAs and vacation Bible school and just a regular worship life of the church. And um, so they, that church has a really special place in my heart and sense of life and calling. I actually made a profession of faith through a, a revival 
Um, we would have those annually. Yeah. And um, so at this one, I really felt um, convicted of, of my sin and my need uh, for Christ. And I was very uh, timid as a child, so I did not go forward. Um, but later that night, I talked to my mom at home, um, and she made an appointment with the pastor and went in and met with him. And soon thereafter, I was baptized. And um, so really, I, I give so much credit and so much uh, thankfulness to the Lord for Airwood Baptist Church and for the difference they've made in my life. And then went to college um, Got very involved with Campus Crusade for Christ uh, during uh, my college years at USC. Now it's USC Upstate, but back then it was USC Spartanburg. And kind of to tie my story with Mary's, Mary and I started dating in college, and I got involved with um, Campus Crusade through the young man that was the leader of our um, Campus Crusade ministry was a Sunday school teacher or small group leader at the church Mary was attending. And so when Mary told me that she was going to go to Mexico City for two years, um, I thought it was a really bad thing. <laughs> um, and it turns out um, the Lord in his providence used that time in my life in a really uh, powerful way. So Doug was the campus minister. He took a special interest in me, really invested in me and discipled me. And one summer he um, challenged me to do a summer project. So I went to Yellowstone National Park for a summer and did a summer project there in Yellowstone National Park, and through that time, felt this sense of, of leading and calling to do international missions, much like Mary had done. So I was in the um, International Service Corps program for a year and a half um, with the International Mission Board in Cape Town. While I was in Cape Town, um, loved, um, and loved doing ministry, felt like God was calling me to do that as my vocation, and I did not grow up thinking that. And so there was a a young man, not so young anymore, if he listens to this, his name is Ronnie Davis, and um, he was on staff and taught in the seminary there in Cape Town. And I went to Ronnie and I said, Ronnie, I think the Lord's calling me to ministry. I think seminary is the next step, but I have no idea what that means or where I should go. And he said, well, there's a really great um, interdenominational seminary, a historically Baptist college in Birmingham called Beeson. So that's the first time I heard of Beeson in, in South Africa. In South Africa, in Cape Town, yeah. So I started looking it up online, and um, when I came back, um, well, Mary and I were engaged to be married in, when she came to visit me in South Africa, moved back, we spent a year. We thought it would be wise to live in the same, on the same continent uh, for a year before we got married. But we visited Beeson and ended up deciding that this is where we thought the Lord was leading us. So we moved in 2004, um, just after we were married, uh, moved to Birmingham, started our new life together uh, as students here at Beeson. All right, so you came back to the States. You were married in South Carolina, presumably, mm -hmm. and then the two of you moved to Birmingham as a married couple to enroll together we did. at Beeson. We, we moved did. here a week after we were married in the middle of the summer. We, we joked that um, during our premarital counseling session, we had to do it via VHS tape back then. Mary's uncle was a pastor, and he officiated our wedding, so he sent us curriculum to go through. And in one of the episodes of the uh, premarital counseling curriculum, the pastor said, now, don't do anything drastic in your first year of marriage. Don't move or start education. <laughs> We're just going to do them all. You know, We're just going to move, start uh, seminary uh, here at Beeson. Um, but the Lord was just so gracious to us. Um, it wasn't always easy. Uh, you know, newlyweds, living in a one-bedroom apartment, we worked together. 
went to school together. Yeah. <laughs> but with the Lord, just looking back as I tell my story, the places that the Lord has put us at each point along the way to meet the people that we needed to meet, to kind of put us in that next season of life and ministry is really remarkable to us. And so, so Ronnie Davis in Cape Town was one of those All that right. got us to be some. Well, I want to focus on what it's like to ministry together in town. But before we get all the way up to the present, let's just do a little bit more history because I want us to talk a, just a teeny bit about what it's like as a couple studying together at Beeson Divinity School. You were here before my time, but you're legendary. So in 2007, I am told you were together the Distinguished Students of the Year, which is an impressive thing. So that must mean you did a lot of studying, at least while you were married, while you were here at Beeson Divinity School. And you know, um, more and more these days, there are young married couples who are wondering what it's like. Can you do seminary together? How does that go? Is that actually good for your marriage? Is it bad for your marriage? So let's focus on that just for a second. Yeah. What was your experience at Beeson like as a young married couple? How did you make it work? And honestly, was it good for your marriage or was it real hard? I still look back to those years uh, with a lot of uh, fond memories of our time at Beeson. So one of the things that I think made it bearable for me is that Mary had already enrolled in seminary before we moved here. So she, she transferred in credits um, from a previous place that she was studying. So that meant that we only ever took one class together. And it was uh, Dr. Ken Matthews' uh, hermeneutics class. And the reason I say that it was good that we didn't take classes together, Mary is a superior student between the two that of us. That is not true. So when we moved and we took uh, one class, I remember going up and talking to Dr. Matthews after um, we had to do this exam where you had to write out the story of the Bible and choose what was important, what wasn't important to include. And Mary made a half-letter grade higher than me. And I went to Dr. Matthews and I said, Can you not give me a half-letter grade so I could at least match Mary? And, Your young male uh, ego was That's something. right. It was like, come on. But he just laughed and he said, well, hers was better than yours. So, but, um, but after that, we didn't have classes together. I don't think any other classes together. Um, but we were, I think it helped us to understand and appreciate each other's life during that, during that time. And we were both engaged in seminary. We understood challenges of it, the rigor of it, but also the blessings of community life um, together. So I think it was a real strength. And I would say, going back to our home churches and our families, they were just so important and helpful to help us make ends meet, to help us, you know, we worked jobs and we did the whole thing, but it always seemed like at the right time, a family member or our home churches would contribute something that we didn't ask for, but just happened and kind of that community of faith making that possible. So we have a lot of fond memories. I can remember being in the um, apartments over here. I don't think they're any longer there. They're behind the baseball field at the time. And uh, for a while, we didn't have a TV. I can remember listening to the World Series one year on the radio. <laughs> it's like, but for us, I think it was a, I think it was a sweet, uh, sweet time of growing. And, um, and again, being able to do it beside each other understanding what the other was going through during that season. That was one of the most valuable parts to me was the opportunity to dialogue together about what we were learning and we were tracking along together in our studies. And we often say that Beeson was the perfect place for us. 
It was wonderful professors. We loved the student body. But it was a hard season. I think some of it was because we handled stress differently. I was the kind of student that stayed up all night long if I needed to finish something. And Wayne would go to bed and get up at, you know, four or five in the morning. So we, Well, that's why you got a half-letter grade higher than that. Right. I'm going to bed very... I don't know. He, he definitely is an early bird. Um, so, But we found a church where we found community, and our Sunday school class was just really vital during that time. And we loved worshiping with them. And uh, we both worked outside of Beeson as well, and we found some community there. But uh, I look back on those days just with a smile on my face. Really enjoyed our time here. All right, so you finished up in 2007, and then very briefly, you were involved in college ministry. Is that That's right? correct, yeah. So how did that go? How does, a, how does a young married couple who's just gone through seminary together even discern how God's leading next? You know, how did, how did that experience transpire for you? When I was in seminary, I really thought college ministry was what I was going to do out of seminary. And so I did a lot of internships with university ministries just across the quad um, here at Sanford. And then toward the end of when we were about ready to graduate, um, Started going, I went down to Montgomery to talk to the people at the um, Baptist Association there. I went to Columbia and talked to the folks there. And a um, gentleman's name is Ken Owens. Just made an appointment with him and said, I'm interested in college ministry. And at that time, there were no jobs available. And I didn't have the experience probably to be the head campus minister. But there was an internship available at the University of South Carolina in Columbia with the Baptist Collegiate Ministries, and so we took that internship, and it was a really wonderful year. We lived, there's a ministry center downtown that the Baptist Collegiate Ministry owns, and there's an apartment in the back, and it was a two-bedroom apartment, so we were, we moved up. We were living. Oh, yeah, we moved up, so we moved to our apartment there, and um, it was a wonderful year of, of ministry, and um, the way that we got back to uh, Birmingham can I mention earlier seeing the different people that God had placed in our lives. Um, when we were in church at Shades Crest Baptist, uh, we were in a Sunday school class that Mary mentioned that was really our community. I mean, it really was so vital for us during that time. One of the young men in that class, his father was a music minister, and he was in a meeting of music ministers, and the music minister at the time at Mount Britt Baptist was in this meeting and mentioned they were looking for a student pastor. And so he emailed us, and um, said, I'm not sure what you're doing, not sure what you're interested in, and I know this job's available. And we had, we had thought that if we weren't in South Carolina, that Birmingham would be the place that we would like to be, and, and we spent so many years here and had a community here. So we ended up applying for that job, and a long story short, we ended up moving back to work at Mount Britt Baptist as student ministers. Super. And so, Mary, what was all that experience like for you? Probably there are a lot of young women listening who want to know so what was it like being the, the wife, the female spouse, trying to figure out together with your husband how the Lord's leading and how you're going to be plugged into what you're doing? So I had been working part-time with the Women's Missionary Union on an initiative for young women, and it was an online position. And so I could work from anywhere doing that. So uh, Wayne felt a specific call, and I didn't know what was next for me. And so we decided to go to South Carolina 
to this position. And then once we got there, there was an opening for working with international students within the Baptist Collegiate Ministry. So I was able to do a little bit with the Women's Missionary Union and then also with um, ministry to internationals. And that was such a blessing to experience that, especially since I've been in Mexico and have a love for international students. And so as Wayne explained, I felt the very same way. It was just a really golden year. We loved our time in South Carolina. But when we were deciding to come back to Birmingham, it was kind of funny because Wayne was like, there's this youth ministry position. And my first words were, I thought you wanted to do college ministry. Tell him what you said, Wayne. I don't know what I said exactly, but my sentiment would be, well, we're about to, we're about to finish the internship and here's a job, you know, uh, desires and circumstances sometimes are, are ways to discern God's will or part of it. And uh, in looking back on that, you know, I really didn't know Is student ministry, the right fit for me or college students, older students. And looking back and, and when we applied and we came and we visited, and we met the people and this is the only church we've ever served. I mean, we've only ever worked at Mount Brook Baptist Church in full-time vocational ministry. So I have nothing to compare it to, but it's been the perfect place for us um, over the years. And they've been so gracious to allow us to grow and develop as ministers in a really safe, um, encouraging community of faith. And so, again, you look back and, and you are always trying to understand, you know, Lord, what's the next right step you would have us to make and it's not always crystal clear and and you and you step out in faith and remember us loading up our u-haul and our parents coming to go with us to help us move and moving down here moving our stuff in and just thinking you know is this the right next step is this and our pastor at the time was um, dr uh, jim Mobies, and uh, he had a funny he said you know you really won't know for about three or four months if you think you made the right decision. <laughs> like, I'm looking for comfort in that. But we came, and, you know, now these years later, it'd be um, 15 years this summer that we've been at the same church, and um, we just, we know that it was the right decision, and the Lord was just so gracious to us. Well, that's, that's a segue to the next thing I wanted to ask both of you about that'll be interesting to a lot of ministry-minded listeners, and that is, so over the years, what has the array of roles been like that you've played in the church? And it's interesting, isn't it, that you've done all those different things individually and together, and that culminated, Wayne, in you becoming the senior pastor of the church. More often than not, when churches go looking for a new senior pastor, they look outside the church. But in your case, they were delighted to ask you as somebody they knew very well, been there a long time, to assume the role. How did all that work for you? So that's complicated, but, for, <laughs> a lot, but yeah. part A, so what kind of different roles have you played over the years? Sure. And then part B, what's it like to go from playing all those different roles to all of a sudden being the senior pastor of the church? Yeah. So we've, I've worked in student ministry. So for six years, I was a minister of senior high and college students. And Mary was a minister of junior high students and over the Christian Life Center. And um, that six years was great. Uh, we, we were surrounded by a lot of wonderful people who wanted to see the youth ministry succeed. So tons of families, great support from our pastor. Um, the students were great. And when we moved here, there was really this remarkable group of seventh graders that we inherited. Kind of joke, uh, it, like it being a, a five-star recruiting class that we had just there. And um, that class was particularly strong. 
and remained pretty faithful and together until they graduated. And so in our community, the junior high is 7th through ninth, and then the high school is 10 through 12. So we were able to see one class all the way through junior high and high school. And we kind of graduated with them uh, to different roles. Um, I became associate uh, minister at the church. And um, in that role, began to get a little bit more responsibility as it related to um, being the staff liaison with the missions committee, starting to attend personnel committee meetings, finance committee meetings, getting a little bit more working knowledge of that side of the church, which was, has been really invaluable to me uh, to be able to see all those different things. And then when um, Dr. Uh, Doug Dorch um, announced his retirement in March of 2021, that's right, um, knew that it would be in a process. And the church took a very intentional um, approach to how they were going to search for the next pastor. I applied as one of the candidates and went through the entire process. And, and at the end of the um, process, they identified me as the candidate to propose to um, the congregation as the pastor. And that was a, a unique experience, you know, to, to put your name in as a staff member. Um, but throughout the process, as I was being interviewed and, and going through the different steps of discernment, um, could tell the search committee and could tell others uh, very sincerely that, you know, if it didn't work out or they didn't think I was the right person, then I would be um, on board with what they thought God was leading. Because if, if I had left the church that day, um, I would leave um, much more enriched than when I came. Um, I'll never be able to repay Mount Merritt Baptist Church for all that they've done for me. The way that they've helped my kids grow and know the Lord and love the Lord. I mean, they love being church kids. And so it was, it was an easy process to go through from the standpoint of I really felt like the Lord would make clear who the next pastor should be. And it would be a time of discernment for the church, a time of discernment for me to kind of figure out next steps. And so really grateful that they um, entrusted me um, with this position and um, really love uh, being a part of Mountain Root Baptist Church and hope I can be for a long time. So, and so Mary, Mary's done lots of things. Why don't you talk about what you've done? Well, let me back up. When we decided that we probably needed to transition out of youth ministry, we had had our second child and we started realizing that we were spending lots of time with our kids in childcare while we were working with the youth. Our first, uh, our son, Webb, our, our firstborn, he kind of came along as the mascot with the youth group. But then when we had Eleanor, we needed you know, more care. And so the church was so kind to us to allow us to transition into other roles. And so when Wayne became the associate minister, I transitioned to a new position called the Minister of Connections. And this is just kind of like an umbrella term for several different things that I do. Women's ministry, and then I work with new members, trying to integrate them into the life of the church. Wayne mentioned earlier the Christian Life Center. I have overseen that over the years. And then now, a couple years ago, started a podcast for our congregation called the Project 119. It's just a Bible reading plan podcast. Yeah, wonderful. So... Um, there are a lot of women who are involved in seminary communities as the spouses of male students. Of course, there's other women who are seminary students themselves. But oftentimes we find 
that the wives of the male students spend the seminary years just sort of imagining what it's like being the wife of a pastor. In your case, Mary, I'm fascinated to know not just what it's like being Wayne's wife, but even more interestingly in your case, what's it like being somebody who's been on staff of this church for a long time that your husband now serves as the senior pastor of? Is that and of course, I don't want you to say, if there's anything negative, we don't want to hear about it, right? Because probably your church people are listening. But uh, what's the experience like? What advice do you have for, for other women who are thinking about this? Is it, I would imagine there's blessings and not the things that aren't so, so great of blessings, but what would some of the blessings be of being on the staff of the church that your husband's serving as senior pastor? I hope I can do this question justice because there's lots swirling around in my head. But first, I just want to say it's such a gift to serve and to work together. Wayne and I have so enjoyed being able to work together. And we don't, I hope we don't take that gift for granted. And being a pastor's wife is kind of a new role for me in some ways. And in other ways, it's not, it's not so much new. I feel like Mount Brook Baptist is a family to me. For 15 years this summer, we've been a part of Mount Brook Baptist. And so I know these people and their families, and I love the people of Mount Brook Baptist so very much. And so it's been such a gift for me, I think, to incrementally get to know the congregation over the years so that as the pastor's wife, I already have this knowledge of a lot of people and about their stories. And I've seen them, as Wayne alluded to earlier, be so generous with me personally and with my family. And so that's been such a gift. Um, I think that God has given Wayne and me a similar disposition in that we love people. We love being around people. We're energized by fellowship. And so I enjoy a lot of the things that you would typically think were a pastor wife role. I love hospitality, although I'm not very good at it. And that could be something that I've learned along the years, um, some different ways that people around me have equipped me and helped me to learn how to be more hospitable. And I love getting to know new people. I love um, serving the Lord together. Yeah. And we, I mean, we've, we've always worked across the hall from each other. Um, until I became the pastor, then I moved down the hall. But we, we don't know any other working arrangement. We've always worked together. And so I think that Mary is right, that we, we both are we're, we're the same enough that it works. You know, we, we have the same um, convictions, same disposition, same love for the church. Um, so that really helps us. But we're not the same people. And sometimes, you know, the, the challenges are that, you know, Mary and I don't see everything exactly the same way or a decision or where we should go or how we should look at something in the church. And so I think some of the challenges sometimes are, you know, if, if we are kind of hashing something out or figuring out the right way, um, Mary's gracious to be able to disagree but, but be on board and supportive. And so that's, that's kind of an interesting work relationship that, that she and I have. But I think the strength of it is Mary being involved in church ministry means that it, it doesn't feel like it's an add-on to her. So doing things like having people over to the house or doing drop-ins at Christmas time and inviting any of the ladies of the church who want to come to come by, all that stuff being a part of who she is and a part of our love for the church 
helps us to not feel like our lives are as fragmented maybe as they would be if Mary wasn't on staff at the church. And one more gift of being in ministry together. Wayne and I have the opportunity often to do premarital counseling together. And and Wayne leads out, but every time we go through premarital counseling, it's like, man, I needed that. I needed to be reminded of effective ways to communicate with one another. And so as we are co-laboring, the Lord is again and again teaching us, helping us, hopefully molding me into yeah. a better wife. Yeah, when we, we, we love to do premarital counseling, and we love to have couples in our home at least for one of the sessions um, and have dinner with our family. You know, and then afterwards, we'll um, have the premarital counseling session. And um, just this past week, we were doing one, and I encouraged the couple. I said, you should just keep this book on your bookshelf somewhere at home, and once a year, you should go through this, just as a reminder of the things that are important. Because I feel like I get to go through marriage counseling <laughs> multiple times a year, you know, and sometimes you're telling the husband or the wife, you know, communication is important, and I'm in the background thinking about, oh, yes, I need to remember that this. In my, right, like, <laughs> this is very applicable and pertinent uh, to me, so. Oh. Well, the, the other big thing I wanted to ask the two of you about in particular has to do with what it's like for people who grew up like you grew up doing ministry in Mountain Brook. People from Birmingham know Mountain Brook has a lot of kind of high-powered business and professional people who live there. And your stories make it sound like you grew up in very different sorts of environments, sort of, sort of small town, South Carolina. Has that been a big learning curve? How have you learned to care well for people whose daily lives are just different than the ones that you grew up with? Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny that you asked that question because when we were in seminary. We never, uh, to my knowledge, I never attended Mount Brook Baptist or never went there. We came to the gym one time for a basketball game. Okay. That's it. Yeah, but then that's, <laughs> that's it, maybe. Um, and so I think one of, the, one of the blessings of us in our relationship with, with Mount Brook Baptist and other people, um, and what, you know, some of the people that belong to our church from affluent communities, is that when we moved in, um, we didn't know anybody. We didn't know you know, last names, you know, we didn't know who was who. And, and what we found in our church was that this was a warm community of faith, people who had a sincere love for the Lord and who were trying to live for Him. And I think that that outsider's perspective really was beneficial to us, that, that we just, and we still try to treat everybody the same way, um, with sincerity and kindness. And we have found the people at Mount Brook Baptist Church to just be the warmest, kindest uh, people. And um, we recently had a, an event at our church where we, um, we called it Discover Mount Brook Baptist. And so we invited people who had been visiting a lot recently and who were considering membership at the church to come. And I said, um, well, let me just talk about the church. We're Mountain Brook. Um, and so some people, that's a, a baggage that they come with or their assumptions of what people are like in Mountain Brook. I said, but... Um, almost to a person, the people who come here um, and visit and actually engage with real people, find just the warmest community, the most sincere, and they are surprised sometimes by the diversity that we have in our community of faith. Um, people from lots of different walks of life find their way at Mount Brook Baptist. And we really, at times, have a very small-town church feel. Um, uh, we're a community church in a lot of ways. I mean, we draw from the greater Birmingham area, but, but you could come to a fall festival, um, you could come to a trunk or treat or an end of summer social, 
and experience in the parking lot, much like what you would experience at a smaller community church somewhere. So, um, and then I talked about being Baptist and all the baggage of being Mountain Brook Baptist. Um, but, but again, I couldn't be, and I, and I tell the people this, I hope enough, um, more proud to be their pastor um, and count it more of a privilege uh, to serve at Mountain Brook Baptist Church for the, the quality of people that we have, um, sincerity of, of ministry um, in our community. And so even as I think about if someone were to ask me, I'm looking at this church and I'm thinking about being the pastor there or applying to be the pastor, what would you encourage me to do? Right. And I would, I would encourage them to find out as much as they could about the leadership of the church. Um, what type of lay leaders are involved in the church and what's their overall commitment to the life of the church? Because that's one thing that we have um, that's a real blessing at Mount Brook Baptist is a dedicated group of leaders who are very involved and very invested in the life of the church. And, and I really do think you would find if you visited and participated, that no matter what your interests are, no matter what your background is, that you would find a place and you would find a people who really are warm and trying to help connect you um, with other people in the life of the church and ultimately to Christ. So that's kind of, I mean, I, and again, one of the wonderful things about me being from South Carolina and coming into the life of the church is that, as is often the case when people have a stereotype of what a person is like based on where they're from or what they do, I was able to come in and not work on a stereotype, but work on the reality of who people are. And it was just, um, it continues to be um, so life-giving for us. We always like to end these interviews by asking folks what the Lord is doing in their lives these days. And we could ask you that as a couple, we could ask you that individually, but maybe Mary, I'll turn to you first and see what your instinct there is. Is the Lord teaching you something special these days? What's going on in your life spiritually right now? Just reminded in these days of the brevity of life and the Lord just reminded me that um, He has called me to live today for Him. And as a perfectionist kind of type personality, I struggle with thinking, well, I'm never enough. And that could either lead us to despair or to a proper sense of dependence upon the Lord. And so I'm just sitting right now in the season of realizing I'm finite and I'm flawed and I, I do fail, but the Lord is faithful even in the midst of uh, my not being enough. He is enough, and He calls me to a life of dependence upon Him, and so I've been meditating on that in recent days. Yeah, we, um, we're going through the Sermon on the Mount on Sunday morning in our uh, sermon series, and um, one of the things that I've been learning as I've been preparing for sermons, and then also just applying it to my own life, is the sincerity with which the Lord desires for us to come before Him as children come into their Heavenly Father and not, um, you know, when Jesus teaches about the Lord's Prayer, you know, it's not about a lot of words. It's not about going through the motions or being religious, so to speak, but just sharing your heart with the Lord. And so I'm learning a lot about that. And then also in church ministry, um, ministry and leading with conviction and, and trusting that a lot of the things that I learned here at Beeston um, are true 
and relying upon the Lord and not being pulled too much by maybe worldly wisdom or tactics or marketing and saying, you know, Lord, when we get in all these different situations, help me to help me to trust that you're enough. Help me to trust that you will provide and to do ministry with integrity and faithfulness and and trust that the Lord will bless that. That is great advice. You have been listening to Wayne and Mary Spawn. They are alums of Beeson Divinity School, I am proud to say. They also serve the Lord together at Mount Brook Baptist Church. We're very grateful for this gift of time on their part. They just had to drive across town, but this is a busy day in ministry for both of them. So thank you, Wayne and Mary, for being with us. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. We love you and are praying for you, and we say goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Beeson Podcast, coming to you from the campus of Samford University. Our theme music is by Advent Birmingham. Our announcer is Mike Pascarello. Our engineer is Rob Willis, and our show host is Doug Sweeney. For more episodes and to subscribe, visit BeesonDivinity.com slash podcast. You can also find the Beeson Podcast on iTunes and Spotify.